Welcome to First Words, a podcast presented by the First United Methodist Church of Florence. Today's message is brought to you by Associate Pastor Rev. Dr. Terry Stubblefield. Good morning, church. It makes me truly happy to see you, your friends of mine. We share so much, and I'm glad you're here. It's October. We've had some beautiful weather. We're in the middle of football season, even though it may not have been your favorite Saturday yesterday. And it's stewardship month for United Methodist Church. That means in October, we talk about money. Now, money's a strange word. Sure, we talk about the economy. We talk about how much stuff costs. But money is a private word. We put it in our purse. We put it in our wallet. It's in our bank and investment and retirement accounts, and we can keep up with that online or in the mail. But the Bible plainly tells us that money is a tool that we are to use, and to use wisely. We are to use money for the glory of God and His church. The United Methodist Church, with its some 12 million members, 32,000 congregations all over the world, support missions and programs and ministries of about $28 million all over the world. And within that, Florence United Methodist Church, our district, our conference has various local and statewide ministries that we're involved in. Now this church, this wonderful, beautiful, historic building that we use, we have a glorious history and a bright future. And we're involved by connection to all of this all over the world. And as members of First United Methodist Church of Florence, we made a vow to participate in the ministries of this church with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. So let's talk about our investments today. Talk about money. Now, in Luke 16, verses 1 through 13 that Mac read a while ago, it's the parable that the King James Version calls the parable the unjust steward. In more modern versions, it's called the parable of the dishonest manager, and also the parable of the smart manager. So right off the bat, we've got a problem because we've got a man who's described as dishonest and a man who's described as smart, and it's the same man. This parable has troubled Bible readers and Bible scholars for years and years. It's been called a weird parable. So what does it mean? What was Jesus teaching? What is in this lesson? Well, here's the parable, first of all, in a nutshell, the short version. A rich landowner, merchant, both probably, has a business manager that manages his business. And he's been told there's some funny business going on with this manager. Maybe he's been wasteful or careless. Maybe he's been embezzling. Maybe he's been cheating his boss. Well, the rich man calls the business manager in for a meeting. The business manager is worried already. So he has to come up with a plan. He said, I need my job, and I'm going to try to keep it. But if I'm fired, I've got to cover myself. I've got to protect myself. I don't really want to work with my hands. Maybe he's not able to work with his hands. And I don't want to beg on the streets. So I better come up with plan B. So he calls in all the people who owes his boss. And he forgives them a part of what they owe. Now they're indebted to him and not just his boss. If he gets fired, he has friends that can help him. And when the boss finds out what's happened, he may have been mad, but he recognizes that his manager has been smart. And the manager collected what was owed the boss. 
maybe these were old debts. Maybe they'd already been written off. Maybe they were past due. But the boss says, I wish everybody was as smart with important things as this man was with my money. Now, maybe the manager didn't get fired. That was the intentions. Maybe he didn't get fired because the boss recognized that this manager with supervision could be a real keeper. He could be a real asset to his business. He was dishonest, but he was smart. And Jesus is telling us in so many words in this parable, maybe the people of God can learn a few things from a crook. Now, there's a famous book, old book. It says, the title of it is Good Lessons from Bad People. And we teach our kids like this. When their friends make mistakes, when we see news on the television or read about it in the paper, we can use this type of bad behavior and bad news to teach our own children good lessons. And so Jesus is doing this. Jesus is using this parable to teach us about money and wise investing. Now, we have people of all ages here. Maybe you're saving for something you want. Maybe it's a baseball glove. Maybe it's a video game. Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's a college fund. Maybe it's a house, a wedding ring, a vacation, or saving for retirement. When we reach a certain age, we start thinking about retirement. How much money will I need to retire? Now, Deborah and I have told the man that helps us manage our vast sum of fortunes. We want to spend our last dollar the day we die. And he said, I don't know if I can manage that. But we ask ourselves, will my savings last the rest of our life? We need to make plans for purchases as well as retirement. But what about our really long-term future, the eternal future, the life that continues after this life is over? The Presidential Commission on Retirement tells us that we need about 70% of our working income to retire and live like we are when we're working. And that income comes from Social Security and retirement programs from your employer and your savings. So are you making long-term plans for your long-term future? And it's with that mood that we approach this parable. The main thought of the parable is about our long-term future. And he's talking about our long-term future with God, our eternal future. We spend a lot of time worrying about our future, about college and marriage and retirement, our job, the time between now and when we die. But are we equally or more concerned about our long-term future, our eternal future? And are we wise with our investments for that eternal retirement? Now, again, this is a very difficult parable to understand. Most of the parables that Jesus taught have one meaning. They're simple to understand. They're clear. This one's different. And as we study the Bible, we need to be aware of the context and let Scripture interpret Scripture. Now, in the Gospel of Luke, one out of every seven verses is about money. There's more verses about money in Luke than there is about marriage, about family values. Why does Luke write so much about money? About waste, about hoarding. It's because all of us have such a hard time with money. There's something about money that tries to corrupt us, control us. Sometimes we live to accumulate money and what money will buy. Now, when Luke talks about money, he's talking about dirty money, corrupted money, sinful money. And starting in Luke 14, there are six stories in a row that Jesus tells about money. And today in chapter 16, verses 1 through 13, that Mac read is number six. 
And this parable will be followed by the story of the rich man and Lazarus. In Luke 12, we read about a rich man. Jesus says, he told this story. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific harvest. And he said to himself, what can I do? My barn isn't big enough for this harvest. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger barns. And then I'll gather in all my grain and all my goods. And I'll say to myself, self, you've done really well. You've got it made now so you can retire. Take it easy. Have the time of your life. And then just then God said, you fool, what if you die? Your barns will be full of your stuff. And what will happen to it? Who will get it? Well, then in Luke 16, we follow this story about a rich man that was not so smart after all because he didn't plan for his long-term future. In Luke 16, the story that follows the story of today, we read about the rich man and Lazarus. We read about there was once a rich man, expensively dressed in the latest fashions, wasting his days in conspicuous consumption. And a poor, man, a poor man named Lazarus had been dumped in his doorstep, and he lived for just the scraps from the rich man's table. Then he died. This poor man, he was taken up by the angels to the lap of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried in hell and torment. So in Luke 16, we read about this rich man who had worked and used his money to buy designer clothes, exotic food, and a wonderful house, but he had not planned for his long-term future. And he was separated from God. <coughs> what about my long-term future? What about your long-term future? Did the rich man who built the barns or the rich man that lived high on the hog plan their long-term eternal future? Now, they may have planned the next five years or 10 years or 20 years, but they didn't plan their eternal future. Well, let's retell this parable in a more contemporary setting. Let's suppose there's a very, very, very rich man who made hundreds of billions of dollars from computers and software. And let's make up a name for him. Let's just call him Bill Gates. <laughs> he had many managers working for him to run different divisions of the company. And one of his managers, Johnny Jones, just wasn't doing a good job. He had lost a good lot of money. He was called in by his boss, Bill. And he told, you're not doing a good job. I'll give you 30 days to turn your division around or you're toast. Well, he left the office. He was upset. He was wondering what he was going to do. And Johnny thought, you know, I'm a white-collar guy. I can't work my hands. What am I going to do? I know what I'll do. Well, Johnny called, visited, and emailed many of the people who owed money to Bill Gates and his company. One businessman owed over $100 million dollars. And Johnny said, I tell you what, I'll give you to them the week to come up with $50 million and we'll call it quits. Your debt will be paid in full. You just remember me in the future, and I might could work for you someday. Well, he contacted another businessman who owed $10 million. He said, write me out a check for $5 million, and we'll call it even. You just remember, we're friends forever, and I may need your help one day. Well, he contacted another one. He said, how much do you owe our company? He said, I owe about a $1 million dollars. He said, you pay us $500,000 this afternoon and remember me when I need help. Well, we would think, this man's really pretty smart. He's shrewd. He's resourceful, even if he's not honest. Jesus said in his parable, I wish God's people were as smart in dealing with their eternal salvation as they were with, as this dishonest management manager was dealing with money. Jesus says, be as wise in dealing with your own long-term future 
as you are with your eternal with your earthly assets. So how do Christian people use their money at the same time please God? We please God by using our money to support our church, to support our missions, to support our vow, to, to support our United Methodist Church. We please God by using our money to provide for our families, to give generously, to help the poor, the hungry, and the homeless. If we want to please God and make friends with God, we need to share our blessings with those who need help. And that's how we lay up treasures in heaven for ourselves. Now, that is what this story is all about. Please God by helping to save the lives of others. Now, we have many people in this church, many people in the Methodist church who live a life of generosity. There's many of you who understand that God has blessed you so we can bless others, and you do. So many of you are making wise investments for the future. You give to this church and its ministries. You give to the community with money and volunteer time. It's been said that a person's true wealth is not in what they keep, but in what they give away. So what do we learn about this parable? We see the importance of planning our future and the importance of having a vision for the future. The dishonest manager was proactive in planning his future, envisioning his future, and he comes up with a plan. Now, let's be clear. The Bible is not telling us to be dishonest, and we're not preaching to be dishonest, to be dishonest even to reach a good end. Jesus is teaching that the church has the potential to be blessed in so many ways by faithful Christians in being proactive with their vision and their planning for the future. The ultimate future is that we'll be part of the future in God's kingdom when it comes in its fullness. So are we being smart? Are we making plans for our long-term future? How are we doing with our heavenly investment programs? Are we saving treasures in heaven? So be smart. God will help us to be rich in so many ways. So share and invest in heaven. Amen. Thank you for listening to First Words. For more information about our services or how to get involved in our community, visit us at fumcflorence.org or facebook.com slash florencefumc.